What would Jerry Bruckheimer do? That's the best one. <laughs> he would just add more explosions. <laughs> That's the best one. Oh, wait. Jerry Bruckheimer. That's not... I was thinking... <laughs> Who are you thinking of? <laughs> no! I can't... <laughs> I gotta know. Jerry Orbach. <laughs> I didn't make that sticker. Oh. With you, the sun is shining 24 7. Cause when we're together, it feels like we're in heaven. If it will get dark, you'll be my million stars. I know I can lean on you. Welcome to episode 19 of Delete This History, a podcast by two besties of a certain age searching for answers. We're your hosts, Bria Brown. Oh, and Kara Birch. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys. That's your cue. I'm here. I'm here. I'm keeping that. Um because that's just it perfectly encapsulates what is going on right now. Yep. It's uh, pretty 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 much. You don't even know your own name Mm-mm. these days. Mm-mm. Much less if you're coming or going. Oh, hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (gasps) We made it. 2024. It's going to be lit. Lit. I just know it. I'm going to get in shape. Oh, my God. Be so skinny and it'll change my whole life. Yeah. Just kidding. Well, I don't want to change my whole life. Oh, I don't either. I just want to be able to fit into pants that have a waistband. (laughs) It's an amazing goal, and I share that goal. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Do you make New Year's resolutions? Hell no. Me neither. I used to when I was younger. It's just a recipe for failure. It's a recipe for failure. Yeah. Our friend Mikey, mm-hmm. Mikey and I used to work together, and she uh, would pick a word. Yes, like an intention. So one year hers was joy. Uh-huh. Very nice. That's a good goal. It's it's so much better than she, saying, I'm going to achieve this goal. Right. You just keep a word in your mm-hmm. head. Like, this year, I'm going to make it all about joy. Like, where can I find joy? Mm-hmm. I think that's such a better idea. What would your word be for 2024? Oh, okay. Probably, I would probably pick a phrase. Oh, and I think right now, uh-huh. at this point in my life, I would choose just get it done. Just get it done. That's a great phrase. I feel like I've got a lot of things hanging out there. Yeah. And I just need to get some things done. Yeah. And so you could just mark it off the list. Yes. And be done with it. Because I am I like marking things off a list. I do too. But if my list is too long, then I get yes. paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. You can't make it too long. So, or just get it done. Just get it done. Sometimes I've I've got a very long list at work, like a running list. It's so long. It's a legal pad and it's full. Oh. I mean the front page is full. That's making it hard for me so to breathe. So, sometimes what I do when it yeah, cuz it's overwhelming, mm-hmm. so then I'll be like, "Okay, the day is starting." And I choose like the top 5 things and I just highlight them and like these are the only things I have to accomplish today. And that makes it like it feels like yeah. I'm like, okay, I can, that's a reachable goal. I can do that. Then they're still in context. You're not forgetting all the other ones because they're still written down. Exactly. But you are telling yourself, I know that I can only accomplish so much in one day. Mm 
Mm-hmm. If everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. Correct. So that's going to be my phrase for 2024. Just get it done. That's great. Just get it done. What would my phrase be? Move. That's also a good one. That's it. Just move. Just move. I mean, not just move, but move. <laughs> I don't want to sound like a Nike slogan. Oh, yes. Nike, sponsor us. Yeah. Ha ha. <laughs> They're like, not on your Nelly. Uh, move. That's a good one. I like it. Because that needs to happen. Let's move right now. Yeah, let's go. <sighs> Except. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. That's like me after a shower. <laughs> when you're trying to put on tights. <gasps> then I'm sweaty again. Then I got to take another shower. <laughs> I had to get ready like a normal person the other day because I was oh, going into the office. No. I was sweating so much by the time I left the house. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Well... Maybe it was just warm in your house. It wasn't. That means that there's a problem. Don't judge yourself. There's a problem. Don't judge yourself. I think I tried on a couple of outfits, which was the problem. Well, listen, you're in that stage of life where sometimes you're just really hot. Yeah. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Just go with that. Yeah. That's what it was. It was the perimenopause. Pre-menopause? I don't know. It was something. It was menopause So <laughs> how was your New Year's Eve? Uh, well, Sean and I, our wedding anniversary is on January 1. That's right. And so we typically just smush our celebrations in. Oh. New Year's Eve, wedding, just kind of smush it all together. Yeah, that's great. That's convenient. I uh, stayed up really late. Yeah? Did you really? At a really cool party that I flew out to in L.A. I'm kind of wondering why you didn't ask me um, to well, go with you. Because I knew it was your anniversary, and you had to share that with Sean. Liar. Anyway, I was really socially <laughs> confident, and I looked amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> it was a great night. What kind of outfit did you wear? Was it sparkly? It was It was sparkly. That's... Very slimming. That's so great. And... Um, it was just, yeah, really flattering. Who was at the party? Uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey were out there, of course. That's so great. Was Dolly Parton there? She wasn't. She hurt herself. She hurt her ankle wearing some really high heels <laughs> on a stage in Dallas. Any hoozle. Thirst strap photos on Instagram. Let's hear about it. We got lots of likes. Everybody loved them. So... What you're saying, every photo we need to take should be blue steel. No. I I quit. I <laughs> Kara, I have something to tell you. This isn't working for me. <laughs> I forgot we did that photo and when it popped up on my feed, I about crapped my pants. <laughs> Cause I thought for a split second, what am I doing? doing (laughs) and then i saw you because of course you naturally look at yourself first when you're looking at a photo because you know yeah we're all like that then i looked at you and oh my gosh you're (laughs) 
your pose oh yeah is priceless yeah i think we're pretty good at it though oh real good at it i don't know what was more alluring my chins or my greasy hair well (laughs) i liked your hair my hair was super not looking great that day i must have dry shampooed it and thought this is fine I can't decide what looked better on me, the bags under my eyes or my total lack of self-care. I don't, because it was really shining through. We don't have time for self-care. Listen, we got stuff to do. Man. I've got to get it done. Life is too busy. I've just got to get it done. What else happened this this week for you? Well, I was going to tell you, you know, we went to get some booze for the holidays. Yes, we did. Before we came here. And when I walked in the door, when we walked in the door, yes, the dude was standing there right at the door giving out samples. Yes. Bria put on her, don't you dare ask me for a sample face. Correct. And I walked right past him. I made eye contact and he started shifting around, like getting all nervous, like, oh, oh I'm going to say, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so I, was, I felt bad for him. So I said, hi. And he was like, and so then he dove into his spiel. Well, Mm -hmm. I actually was there to get some Prosecco. Mm -hmm. And he had a Prosecco sample out there. Was it good? I had gum in my mouth. Oh, no. And I was, I couldn't find a trash can. And so I sampled Prosecco with gum. (laughs) I think the Prosecco was good. So I I did buy a bottle of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I may have to chew gum with this Prosecco to get that flavor again. I'm not sure. Because oh. it definitely is altered. Because I had just put that gum in my mouth maybe five minutes so before. So it was still going strong. It was still very strong gum. Prosecco gum. <gasps> Wait, did I just invent something? Maybe mint pr- Prosecco? Alcoholic gum? Oh. oh my gosh. Remember those that gum that had the juice in the middle? Yeah, they were gross. They were kind of like chalky. A little bit. I used to love it, though. And the mid- the center could be alcohol. It could be alcohol, like burst of Prosecco or Ooh. burst of rum or nobody... S- TM! <laughs> nobody yeah. steal that idea. That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, I just had to tell you that I chewed gum with, Perse- <laughs> with Prosecco. He wasn't like a sommelier or anything who oh, would call you on it. No. No. He was he, like, my dad owns this store and I was told I have to stand here today. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly what was going on mm-hmm. there. Well, we're not here to regale people with tales of our fascinating lives. They are fascinating. <laughs> we're here to talk about what we have searched on the internet for this past week. For that, we turn to... The reading of the lists. It is Weirdo Week. Yes, that means I get to go first. You get to go first. My top five searches of the week in no particular order Mm -hmm. are original Rat Pack members slash how they got that name. Number two, Memento Mori enamel pins slash Memento Mori definition. Number three, Old Man Axe Navy Ship. (laughs) <laughs> number four, <laughs> number four, waltzing Matilda meaning slash lyrics. Number five, Aboriginal Australians viewing deceased characters on shows. Let's just not even cover mine. 
I'm just going to sit here and let you talk for an hour because all of those sound so interesting. I searched a lot of things this week. Did you? Totally sober, too. And you put... <laughs> it doesn't sound like it, but I was sober. All right. Well, you want to hear my boring ass list? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. I told you guys I was going to follow up on Fort Jefferson, mm -hmm. and I did. So, number one, Fort Jefferson in Dry Tortugas National Park. Mm -hmm. Number two, Lego speed builder Paul Ufema. Ooh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, number three, is horseradish a radish? <laughs> number four, what is the mascot for the Cleveland Browns? Number five, how old was William when Princess Diana died? Oh. Sorry. Sorry to bring everyone down. I'll do that one first so we get through it. Well, you're not going to do it first first. Not first first. <laughs> well, maybe you are. Maybe you just gave me the answer to our next segment, which is a game that we like to call <gasps> Search Me. We pose one question to each other and see if we can answer based only on the reading of the lists. I'm going to go first. What am I playing for? Kara, today, you're going to laugh so hard. You are playing for... Shut up. You have to be kidding me. Lindor chocolates because you're always giving me things that I have to eat. You're right. And so today is paybacks. I understand. And... Oh. I love these things. I do too. Especially the white chocolate ones, which white chocolate's not real chocolate, but I love it. It's just so good. It's so That's good. That's why those toasty vanilla or toasty whatever M&Ms are yes. so good because it's white chocolate. <sighs> and you and I both like white chocolate covered pretzels too. Oh my gosh. Those flips. I'll knock a bitch down for those. <laughs> Yum. They're expensive. Too. Okay, all right. Okay. So I'm gonna put so those there and your Lindor chocolates. Yeah, yeah. What's my there's, question? There's just a little selection of them in there. Not too many. Both of my butt cheeks, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're so sweet. Sweet cheeks. Listen, sugar chest. Here okay. you go. Your question <laughs> is which search led me to one of my favorite places, Etsy? where I not only found some cool things I absolutely do not need, <laughs> but I also learned something new and morbid. Memento Mori enamel pins? Yes. <laughs> okay. I was listening to My Favorite Murder, which is my full-time job now. <laughs> I guess so. They get gifts from listeners all the time, and a lot of them are like handmade what crafts from people who sell on etsy what oh people send them gifts are it's you amazing. serious oh yeah people like they take little things that they say and they'll make they'll make enamel pins that say stay sexy don't get murdered and uh -oh. like all their little catchphrases that is a riot and it's hilarious one person sent them a crocheted nipple belt it was like a multicultural <gasps> belt with <laughs> like free the nipple like nipples on it because there was a killer i think ed what? gein ed gein i think was the killer um a serial killer who collected nipples from his victims and made a belt out of them so this listener made a crocheted nipple belt for them that is messed up it beyond is, belief it is messed up it's also messed up that someone made a belt 
I think it's hilarious. Oh my gosh. It's, All right. It's Sorry. hilarious. Continue. Um, wow. Wow. Anyway, so they had gotten a gift from a seller on Etsy called Memento Mori. And they were talking about it. And I was like, I have to see this. I have to get this. Okay. Take my money. And I never found the merchandise they were talking about. But I was listening to an episode from 2017. So they're probably either gone from Etsy or that merchandise is gone or whatever. But because there were lots of shops that had Memento Mori in their names. Okay. And they had some really cool stuff. Like stickers and enamel pins and all kinds of stuff. So if you like that kind of stuff, check it out. And if you don't, then I don't know if we can be friends. Because I love stickers and enamel pins. Yeah. They're the best. But it was all kind of morbid stuff, like, um, related to Memento Mori. So do you know what that is? No. Okay. According to Oxford Languages, it is an object serving as a warning or a reminder of death, such as a skull. Oh, Okay. Okay. Then Wikipedia said it's an artistic or symbolic trope acting as a reminder of the inevitability of death. And Merriam Webster just says it's a reminder of mortality. So, like, wow. Like, death portraits would be memento mori. You remember those? The Victorians used to take pictures of their (gasps) dead loved ones. Oh my gosh, yes. That's right. Victorians are so I'm trying to think if I have any memento mori. Well, you could have like um, somebody's ashes, like in a vial or. So is this to remember someone specifically? Not necessarily. Or is it just a a general general reminder that you're going to die? You're going to die someday. (laughs) Wow. Here's a skull inkwell. You know, things like that. It's really morbid. It's very morbid. And some of the um, merchandise that they were selling was very um, goth kind of themed. Okay. All right. But it was cool. And I enjoyed it a lot. All right. So what was your actual search? Remind me. Memento Mori enamel pins slash Memento Mori definition. Okay. So did you find some enamel pins that you really needed? But not the ones that they described. Okay. And so I got the hell out of there as fast as I could (laughs) before I did find something else that I was like, oh, but instead I'll get this because I don't need anything right now. Etsy is the most amazing place. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. I do too. I really like Etsy. I spend lots and lots of time there. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because you're supporting... Some small businesses. And artisans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm so ready. I won my yeah. condos. All right, Bria. Today, you are playing for two things. The first one is, and I'm really sorry about this. Oh, no. It's the stickers again, isn't it's it? It's not. It is a Lego catalog. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There are some amazing things in here well you know and because i'm a lego freak i get this this comes to me in my mailbox and it's always a great day when i get it because i do nothing but sit and look at it all night oh yeah the other thing is this fantastic card game of monopoly okay play in 15 minutes i like the sound of that it's actually a very fun game um and sean and i played it a lot when we first got it but now we don't play it anymore well 
games like that you can only play so many times Mm -hmm. and then it's kind of like we've outplayed it it's fun we love playing games your question is which of my searches resulted from an overheard conversation in a store built for fun i think i know which store we're talking about but now i gotta find bb's gotta find the lego speed builder paul ufema Euphema. Euphema. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. So I was in the Lego store a couple weeks ago. Where is the Lego store? So, I mean, no, don't now, tell me. when I say Lego store, I don't want you to think that it's an actual Lego store. This store is called Minifig, as in mini figurines. Oh. Mini, you know, yeah, the yeah. little Lego people. So and it's called Minifig. Among other things, they sell Legos. No, it's all Legos. Oh, it's all Legos. It, the entire store is Lego sets along all of the walls. And then in the middle, they have, which don't touch these, but they're giant open bins of loose Legos. <laughs> Ooh. That's where um, the diseases live. I was going to say. Yes. Yeah. All of the children in the store while I was in there that's where the kids were. That's where they got dropped off while the adults shopped at these Lego bins. And so they were building. And But you can dig through these bins with um, rubber gloves and a face mask and look for parts that you need specifically for a build that maybe you're doing. Correct. Like maybe you bought something secondhand and it's missing a piece. Right. Or you just build things from your own imagination, which what? I can't do. Yeah. yeah, I'm in. I'm unable to do that. So you're looking for a specific piece or looking for inspiration or mm-hmm. whatever. It's actually very cool, but I will never use those bins because I'm a germaphobe. E. Yeah. As I was in the store shopping, I heard these two dudes talking Lego shop. And I bet they were super cool. <laughs> <laughs> They're as cool as I am. So well, I was that say, gives like you us. a hint. I bet they were super cool. Super hip dudes. They were. Yeah. Totally awesome. Ripped. (laughs) They had just come from the gym. (laughs) They probably have very strong fingers, if nothing else. (laughs) They were talking about Paul Euphema. Mm -hmm. He's a speed builder of Legos. Lego sets. There is something for everyone out there. So he loved Legos as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so he continued to put them together throughout his life but then he went into the military and he can't really do legos in the military he got back into it when he went to college he actually majored in mass media communications what? just like you and, I. <laughs> and he was in news journalism for a while as a well he did a variety of things like he did the photography and he did editing and yeah, stuff like, like that we did. like yeah so then he ended up starting his own production company and then he also did some documentary work. So this is his background, okay? Mm-hmm. One day, his brother told him, this has been a few years ago, like around 2014, 15. His brother said, you like Legos so much, you should just start a YouTube channel of you putting Legos together. And he does it really fast, too. He's like, it's kind of fascinating. And he was like, oh, I don't know. Well, okay. <laughs> it took him about two seconds to be convinced. So he starts this YouTube channel. Of him just putting together Lego sets. And as he was doing it, he learned more about what people wanted to see and what they liked to see. And now that's his job. Once a week, this guy puts together a Lego set 
And because he has this production background, it's like high quality production. This guy, it's not just him standing at a table putting this together. It's like you're focused on the Legos. You don't see him. Yeah, all you see are his hands. But he's editing it all together so that it. Yeah. He has 1.9 million subscribers. Yeah. He's monetized something that is just a really good time. Yeah. And it is high quality production. Correct. And I'm going to be going back to this site but, because I got hooked immediately. Oh yeah. It was so cool. Satisfying. So he set a Guinness World Record for building the largest commercially available Lego set in 13 hours, 37 minutes, and 36 seconds. He stopped twice, one four minute break, one three minute break. And this thing was 9,036 pieces. My shoulders hurt just thinking about this. They have a, a time-lapse version you can watch of him putting this together. And in order to get the Guinness record, it had to be put together correctly. He couldn't make any mistakes. So they had a Lego expert check it out after the fact and make sure. And so he, at the very end, he was so tired and his brain was so exhausted like the very last piece he wasn't quite sure if it was correct or it was going to fit so at the very end he kind of started to slow down can you imagine the panic you get to that last piece and you think yeah oh shit that's what he said and you were talking about strong fingers he said that his fingertips were hurting so badly yeah by the end of this 13 hour stint that he he was he said that was the worst part of the whole thing yeah. He stood the entire time. Oh. Anyway, it's on his it's on his YouTube channel. You should check it out. It's the Coliseum. Oh my gosh. It is cool. Yeah, I'll have to look that it up. It is so neat. So anyway, you should check out his YouTube channel, Paul Euphema. And uh, the name of his channel is um All New Bricks. All New Bricks. Is the name of his YouTube channel. That's cute. So I got my sources were Men's Health Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing that popped up. Interesting. Um, his YouTube channel, All New Bricks, and then the two dudes at the minifig store. Oh. Thanks, two dudes. Where is it again? It is in the Galleria. Oh. Across from the mall that we don't go to. Correct. But it's real close to where we are right now. Yarp. I bet it is a madhouse today. It probably is. Because as we were recording this, it is Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah. So who? Yeah, maybe wait a couple weeks to go check it out. I think I will. <laughs> I think I'll just page through that catalog that I just won. Um, I will say, oh, hand yes. it over. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I am a member of the Lego um, online, you know, store, and so they will send you. You know, you you build up points. For when you buy things, mm-hmm. so you get Lego points that you can apply to your future purchases. <laughs> it's a really bad cycle of purchasing. Well, it's better than paying full price all the time. Or cocaine. Oh, yes. It's much better than cocaine. <laughs> you know, Legos is something you and I share. We do. Our relationship is more of a marathon than a sprint. I would agree with that. We're no speed relationshipers no no we're not because we have a long shared history of about 20 years 20 big ones because we're old 
We just eased into this friendship. We really did. But let's share another kind of history now. Our internet search histories for the week. Yes. In a segment that we call, very cleverly, shared history. My first search that I'm going to talk about is original Rat Pack members slash how they got that name. I love it. I'm, I can't wait to hear this. I was at the hair salon this past week. Hey, Phil. Your hair looks good, by the way. Oh, thank you I did, so much. It was the first thing I noticed when I saw you this morning. Phil always does an amazing job of cleaning it up and making it look fantastic. And some Rat Pack Christmas music was playing, which is the best Christmas album ever. Love it. And he was kind of softly singing while he was washing my hair, massaging my neck, which is, Mm. I'm like a noodle. I can't get up after that. Phil. Oh, he's so good. That's amazing. Speaking of strong fingers. (laughs) Phil's got some strong fingers. Maybe Phil is a Lego builder. He might be. I'll have to ask him. But I said, Sinatra was a dick, but he he could (laughs) sing. And that really cracked (laughs) Phil up. He thought that was so funny. But that led us to talking about the Rat Pack and trying to remember the original core group. And according to the ratpack.com, the Rat Pack was the original collaboration to go viral, and it went down in Las Vegas in 1960. Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Peter Lawford, and Joey Bishop, they were filming... Ocean's Eleven. They were. Yes. And during the day they were filming, and at night they would go and perform. Holy crap. They performed in the Copa Room at the Sands Hotel. Okay. And one night, Sammy's stage performance went on a bit too long. So Frank and Dean went out there and interrupted him and ushered him off. (laughs) And it was a big hit. So the next night, Dean Martin did the same thing, did the same kind of shtick. And then when all three joined together on stage, their mayhem became a well-rehearsed kind of routine that looked spontaneous and fun kind of like you and me oh my gosh (laughs) but what about the name right so again from the ratpack.com frank created the group but the name the rat pack came from lauren bacall oh who was dubbed the den mother of the group and once remarked upon seeing them i see the rat pack is all here in her memoir, Bacall wrote, in order to qualify, one had to be addicted to nonconformity, staying up late, drinking, laughing, and not caring what anyone thought or said about us. So Lauren Bacall was kind of part of the Rat Pack. Interesting. Now, there are other accounts that say Humphrey Bogart was the original leader of the group, which began five years before Ocean's Eleven was even filmed in 1955. Sinatra, Bogart, Bacall, Judy Garland, and David Niven went on a five-day bender through Las Vegas. <laughs> and on the fifth day, Bacall said the group looked like a Rat Pack. So Rat Pack doesn't necessarily refer to the fact that these people are a singing group. It's just a group of friends hanging out. Being crazy. Drinking some birds. Yeah, being wild and crazy. Oh my gosh. And... Looking kind of rough afterwards. That is so interesting. And so (sighs) when Bogart died, then Sinatra kind of took on the lead. Okay. But later, many performers would fit the description of nonconformists who didn't care what people thought about them. And so they were loosely connected to the Rat Pack or called the New York Rat Pack. This was Errol Flynn, Nat King Cole, Mickey Rooney, Cesar Romero, and a bunch of other people. Oh, my goodness. 
But the original was the Las Vegas Five. Okay. Wow. Really good search. Well, I knew it was something that you and I both yeah, for are sure. interested in. So I was like, oh, this will be a great mm-hmm. search. Yeah. Um, are you interested in horseradish? <laughs> I am so interested in horseradish or horsey sauce. That plays into this <laughs> just okay. a little bit. All right. I don't even know why I looked this up. I can't remember. Sean loves horseradish. Does he? Yeah, oh, he loves it. And oh, I'm not a huge fan. Me neither. I like radishes, but only a little bit. Like, I can probably eat a little bit of a radish on a salad once a year. Like like a sliver, maybe? Like just a few, yeah, like some minced. Yes. Like, Yeah, yeah. It's too... Bitter. It's too bitter. Yeah. But it turns out that it's really good for you. It is. All the foods that suck are good for you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to try and pronounce this word. The radish and the horseradish, to answer my question, are not the same. Mm-hmm. Horseradish is not a radish. Oh. However, they belong to the same vegetable family. Root vegetable? It's a root vegetable. Okay. Both of them are. And I'm going to butcher this word. Oh. The family that they belong to are... <laughs> yes. Brassicaceae. Brass... Brassicaceae, B-R-A-S-S-I-C-A-C-E-A-E. Brassicaceae. Okay. Let's see. Oh, yes, please. Brassicaceae. Bacinoli. Brassicaceae. Oh, I was pretty close. Brassicaceae. Gosh, I could listen to that guy forever. So, you know what's really funny is that's the exact, that's the exact thing I looked up on how to pronounce this. That guy has got the best YouTube channel on oh. how to pronounce words. He's French, I think. Oh, it's very... Oh, my gosh. We're talking about France again. Uh, always. It's just woven through our fabrics. Brassicaceae. Brassicaceae. Anyway, so they're in the same family but different species. Both contain cancer-fighting compound called sulforaphane. Yes. And so a chemical is made when you chew cruciferous vegetables. And it's a cancer-fighting agent, which we all should be eating, apparently. Other examples are broccoli, kale, uh, cabbage, cauliflower. Lots of K's there. I love cabbage. Do you like raw cabbage? I could eat raw cabbage all day long. Mm -mm. Mm, I like how it's squeaky on your teeth. Nope. (laughs) That would be why I don't like it. And just, I love how it tastes. Mm -mm. Mm. Now, I hate kale. I'm okay with kale and spinach. Kale's too bitter. But I always have to doctor them. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'll eat kale like in a salad if it's really, really, really chopped up. Yeah, yeah. But just a big old kale leaf? No, no. Pass. No, No, it has to be cooked. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, And I like cooked cabbage. I do too. Mm, Raw cabbage is so good and sweet, though. I love it. Um, all right, both horseradish and radish is they're spicy, which we all know if you've tried one. And lots of people use them if they have cold or sinus issues. They help, especially horseradish root. Oh yeah, that'll clear you. It up. will clear up your sinuses. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot more powerful than a regular radish. Mm-hmm. Horseradish is often consumed as prepared horseradish, which is ground horseradish root mixed with vinegar and sometimes salt and sugar. Hmm. When it's um, combined with other ingredients like 
corn syrup, cornstarch, egg yolks, and lemon, it turns into a creamy sauce such as the horsey sauce. Correct. Like a mayonnaise. Like with a, a mayonnaise. little bit of a horseradish bite. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, the plain old radish is normally just eaten raw. That's, that is the number one way people eat the normal radish. Horseradish originated in southern Russia and eastern Ukraine. In the mid-1800s, immigrants brought it to Illinois and they planted it. That's how it ended up here. Fun fact, 1869, John Henry Heinz made horseradish sauce from one of his mother's recipes with the intention of selling it. He bottled the sauce in a clear glass to show off its quality, a concept that was unheard of at the time. <laughs> Mr. Heinz, you <laughs> revolutionary. It was one of the first condiments ever sold in the U.S. Now, the name horseradish may be a derivation of the German term Mirritisch. <laughs> Mirritisch. <laughs> Which means more radish or stronger radish. Okay. The English may have confused the term mir with mare, like a horse, or mahre, thinking that the name referred to a horse. But sources are a little bit sketchy on that. This is kind of a guess. I like that. Isn't that hilarious? I I really like that explanation. So let's go with it. So I'm going to say it one more time before the holidays are over. Horses, 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 horseradish, 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 horseradish. Too hard to say. My sources were National Garden Bureau, isthisthatfood.com, Cleveland Clinic Health Essentials, and Herb Society of America. Oh my. Lots of groups that I want to be a part of. (laughs) Herb Society of America. Herb Society of America. You think they would accept my application? Just keep applying. I'm sure you'll get through. Okay, good. My next search is not as spicy. Okay. It's Old Man Axe Navy Ship. This is like you drew a whole bunch of (laughs) random words out of a hat. (laughs) This was the exact search (laughs) that the My Favorite Murderous Ladies told me to use. Okay. To find this picture. Oh, there is a picture of a quote unquote ghost on a Navy ship. <gasps> and these the ladies were talking about an axe murdering hobo in episode mm-hmm. 60. And their discussions kind of wound around and, you know, they went off course a little bit. And they started talking about this picture of this ghost wielding an axe on a Navy ship. Wait, is the axe also ghosty, or is it a real axe? Uh, it looks like it's the same consistency as the person holding it. Okay. They, it does not look like a ghost. It looks like a real person. Oh, yikes. But he's faceless. Whoa. It is terrifying. So I'm going to show it to you. Okay. 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 I'm okay. going to turn my laptop around so you can see. Okay what no okay so i had in my head like this old timey black and white photo that's super blurry this no is definitely a person holding some kind of implement you got that right and he has no face ew okay turn it back around i don't want to see anymore okay i don't understand supposedly a crew working on an old decommissioned navy vessel 
had to go room by room to search it and make sure everything was cool and whatever. And they had to take pictures to document the process because, it, you know, they were being paid by the government to do this. And everything is, you know how it is. I know how it is. You know how it is. So later when they were looking at the pictures that they took, they saw this and they were like, what the heck? And he was in more than one picture. No. It wasn't just this one. This is the one that kind of went viral. Okay, I have questions, but I'm going to wait because I have a feeling you're going to answer them. Probably not. So okay. when the... <laughs> I don't have an answer for this. Okay, all right. So when the police came by later to check it out, they didn't find anyone. But there's only one way onto the ship and one way off. All right. The gangplank. And it had a camera pointed at it. And mm. nobody that looked like that came on or off the ship. Okay. That is the whole story. Now, some people on Reddit and different places say that, you know, maybe it was a homeless person who was squatting. Right. And they were just surprised by this crew and they were peeking around the corner to see what the heck, who it was. And they were just kind of startled and protecting themselves. Yes. But I don't understand. I think he would have a face. I don't understand that part. Some say he's holding a wrench, but it is definitely an axe. It is such a creepy picture. It is creep-tastic. Ooh, it's creeping me out. I need to stop thinking about it. Because, like, old abandoned anything, that's creepy anyway. Right. Old abandoned ships, really creepy. Like, close quarters and all. Yes. My sources were Metro UK, Reddit, My Favorite Murder, Mirror, TikTok. All very credible sources. (laughs) It's real. It's so real. Now, do you believe in ghosts? I really don't. I I can creep myself out because weird things happen. Yeah. Um, when we things. first moved into our house, um, we were there maybe a week. And Sean, I thought he was in the house, but he was actually not in the house. And I heard laughter down the hallway. I swear. I swear I did. And I thought it was him. And I was like, what are you laughing at? And I didn't get an answer. And I heard it again. And then he came in from the garage. He was outside. And I said, were you laughing just now? And he was like, no. And I said, oh, my gosh. We bought a haunted house. And then in that same month, um, our light over our sink in our Mm -hmm. kitchen, it would just turn off. But I think we chalked that up to bad wiring. (laughs) Did you fix it? We did. It, oh. it, it, we did. We fixed okay. it. Okay. All right. But the laughter thing, I can't figure out. But I I don't, I'm assuming at this point that it was like someone next door that was outside in their backyard and they laughed and we just heard it. I just heard it through a window or something because mm-hmm. I've never heard it again, but it creeped me out. Hmm. But I've ne- that's been the only thing that I've experienced that I thought, well, that was really strange. I don't think I've ever experienced anything firsthand. My parents took us to the Crescent Hotel in Arkansas. Oh, yes. And we, Eric and I, my brother, we tried to wander around and find mm-hmm. something, you know, because supposedly it's haunted. Yeah. Or it all is just an old, I mean, like they've decorated it in a creepy way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was creepy. Yeah. And you got kind of a weird vibe from these yeah. old paintings. Yeah. But And it nothing. has a weird smell to it because it's old. Oh, it's so old and musty. I don't think I'm open to it enough. I Even don't. though I I believe that they are 
for real. I believe in different planes of existence. Yeah. And that people might get trapped between things. And I don't like to mess with stuff like Ouija boards or anything Mm -hmm. like that because Mm -hmm. I don't want to mess with anything and invite that into my life. There are just enough people who are not crazy crackpot people who have had the experiences that I can't discount it and say, oh, no, that's not a thing. I don't know that I'm discounting it, but I I just don't. I don't know. I just don't think that, well, I don't know. I think when you're dead, you're dead, and there's no hanging out after the fact. But to be perfectly honest, I haven't done a lot of thinking about it. I'm very black and white about it. Yeah, I mean, I think about it all the time. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I'm just like, well, okay. I, I do. But maybe it's because I listen to things like My Favorite Murder. And that, I, yeah. You know, like I don't watch Ghost Hunters or any of those kind of shows, but... I do listen to podcasts where they talk about unexplained experiences. Mm -hmm. I used to love Unsolved Mysteries. Well, I still do. And they rebooted it, and it's amazing. Oh. Um, But when I was little, I really loved it. We'd watch it with Granny. That's so funny. Just that music gives me the chills. You have been a true crime. Yeah, like my whole life. I don't know. Like, it's just, you've grown up with it. It's the murder she wrote, I think, that I watched with Granny. That was a great show. She introduced me at a young age. So, anywho, (laughs) that's the Old Navy Axe Man. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, that was a creepy picture. Old Navy Axe Man. It's not Old Navy. (laughs) Oh, Old Man Axe (laughs) Navy Ship. He's not at Old Navy. Old Navy, sponsor us. He's he's not wearing cargo shorts or... (laughs) A fleece vest. He's (laughs) It's not wearing a sweet puffer vest. Coats for the whole family. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh man. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm going to let's follow up on the dry tortugas here. Okay, let's do it. So as it turns out, there's really not a whole lot of information left about this. I thought that I was going to really dig something up here. Kara, you were going to break this story wide open. There's nothing to break open. Oh, damn Sorry. Um, so what I did find was obviously they used slaves to help build this thing. Um, There were, let's see, by 1855, 233 white contract laborers employed to build this thing, but slavery was the backbone of the labor gang. Of course. All right. By June of 1863, only 22 black workers remained following the Emancipation Proclamation. Mm. And so then, as you get into further into the Civil War, as I told you last time, they were using this place to house military criminals, like deserters. So the number of convicts and people that were sent there grew and grew and grew, and it eventually outnumbered the number of uh, soldiers at the fort and contract workers at the fort. And so at the height of it, there were 583 soldiers guarding 882 prisoners. Oh my. Yes. Anyway, just a couple other facts. I mean, really, that's all I, that's all I found in, in terms of huh. like slavery or mm-hmm. they're just, it's, it's really odd that there's not more information about this fort. So basically it doesn't have any extraordinary history about enslaved people. No. It's just the typical, of course, they helped build it because that was that who was, the labor was. That's right. 
Um, one thing I did learn out of the search, though, that I did not know, we talked about Dr. Samuel Mudd. He was sent there as a prisoner. Whose name was Mudd His- after he fixed John Milk's booth's leg. Exactly. Yeah. While he was a prisoner there, he helped during a yellow fever epidemic at the fort. And he was eventually pardoned by Andrew Johnson. That is not shocking to me that he was pardoned by Andrew Johnson. That's the first thing I thought, too. I was like, well, of course. They probably had dinner afterward. Oh, that's awful. I shouldn't say that. But No, what? you can. He was a dick. He and Frank Sinatra, they're hanging out, they're hanging out together right now. Um, so the fort, I think a lot of, you know, it wasn't finished. We talked about how it wasn't finished. And it is the largest structure made entirely of bricks in the United States. Really? Estimated 16 million bricks. (gasps) I would actually like to kind of visit this thing because the more I saw pictures of it and read about it, it's, it actually looks very cool. The whole fort looks like it's just floating in the water because it has Mm -hmm. taken that whole key and they've just built on the entire key. And the only way you can get to it is by boat or by seaplane. Right. It is, it's wacky. That's not a word I use very often. I bet it would make a great Lego set. Oh, <laughs> you should go dig through those bins of loose Legos <gasps> and build one. Fort Jefferson. Oh my gosh! Anyway, it was it was just beat to hell by hurricanes, mm-hmm. and they would try and rebuild it, and it was beat up by another hurricane, and they try to fix it. So they, I think that's part of the reason they eventually just gave up. And so they abandoned it, the the military did, and they turned it over to the Marine Hospital Service to be used as a quarantine region. Oh, that's a good idea. So, you know, send them out there. You got yellow fever? Let's send you out to this beautiful island. Franklin Roosevelt designated the area as a national monument in 1935. Good old FDR. Yep. Then it became a national park, blah, blah, blah. The first person to find it was Ponce de Leon. The actual key? The key, yes. And he called it Las Tortugas because of all the sea turtles. Tortugas means turtle. And then it eventually, the word dry got added to tortugas to warn people that there is very little fresh water here. Oh. That's why it's called dry tortugas. So this is not a good stopping point. Like, you can collect rainwater, but if you want some water to drink, you better be prepared to gather rainwater, because that's the only water you're going to get here that's fresh. My sources were Wikipedia and Waterways TV show YouTube channel. Okay. Yep. Let's go to Australia. Let's go down under. Aboriginal Australians viewing deceased characters on shows. I have a non-true crime obsession show. What? I know. It's on PBS. It's called The Royal Flying Doctor Service. Oh, yes. I remember you talking about this. And there are two seasons. The second season just came out okay. recently. And so I binged it, of course, in one night. Of course. Basically. How many episodes? Well, maybe two nights. Um, Eight. I hope you did that in two nights. I think it was two. Anyway, uh, there's a warning that comes up before each episode that says... Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander viewers are warned that the following program may contain images and voices of deceased persons. Oh, interesting. And I thought, what the heck is that warning about? So here's the dish. 
In many areas of indigenous Australia, reproduction of the names and photographs of deceased people is restricted during a period of mourning. The length of this time varies and is determined by the community. So sometimes they'll refer to a recently deceased person by a descriptor such as the man who painted. Hmm. And sometimes in court they'll even say, the dead fella. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It can be very informal. Wow. Um, I thought that was interesting. Basically, it's a form of respect for the dead is to not view pictures of them or to use their name. Really? Mm -hmm. Because... Um, from what I was reading, to simplify it way, way down, is that it disturbs the dead. Oh. It's like disturbing them. Oh, that's interesting. So you want them to rest in peace, and you, so you don't say their name, and you don't view images of them. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. So do we have any practices like that? I know we say things like, oh, you shouldn't speak ill of the dead. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't... I can't think of any other hard and fast traditions that we have for our deceased relatives or... Oh, I know kind of one. What? When you're in a graveyard, you're not supposed to walk across graves. You're supposed to stay on the pathways so that you're not walking over top of someone's grave. It. So I've always... I do feel weird about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, I've it always, does I was feel, always taught that. Oh, I don't know that I was taught that, but it does feel odd no i was taught you do not walk over top of graves you stay on the path sean and i like to walk at a cemetery oh i thought you were gonna say sean and i like to walk over people's graves we hold hands (laughs) and we're like let's walk over that one (laughs) (laughs) i could tell that person was a douche let's walk on the grave oh my god let's dance let's dance on it no it's a great place to go walk because it has really great paved paths correct and it's super quiet it's very quiet. <laughs> it's very pretty. If it wasn't quiet, that would be a problem. It would be a problem. And since you don't believe in ghosts, then it doesn't creep you yeah. out. It really doesn't. I don't mind to be in graveyards. Yeah, I can't think of any other tradition or respect. I mean, back in the day, they would drape black cloths over mirrors. Yes. Why did they do that? I mm. That's a search for next week. Wearing black for sure. a period of mourning. Sure. Or like Queen Victoria for the rest of your life. Uh-huh. Because you're really milking it. <sighs> yeah, I can't think of anything else, really. And I, and I just watched that entire show, the entire series, Six Feet Under. Mm-hmm. I finished it. Oh. They did have a lot of different cultures who would have funerals there at that funeral home in the show. No. How accurate. It's it's a freaking HBO show. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think if there were things that were regularly practiced there. Do you know why back in the day they would put coins Ooh. on eyes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know this. It was to pay for their passage on the River Styx. Ooh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. The first time I ever saw that was on a movie called Foxfire with John Denver, Jessica Tandy. It sounds like a winner. And Hugh. Oh, oh, what was her husband's name? Jessica Tandy's husband. I don't oh. remember. Um, Hugh something. So don't knock that movie. It's really good. I'm teasing. It's actually really good. It's a Hallmark movie. You remember way back in the 80s and 
early, early 90s, oh, Hallmark yeah. would put out a series of movies. Yeah, Hallmark Hall of Fame. Yes, Hallmark Hall of Fame. Yeah. There's Sarah Plain and Tall. Yes. That's one of the best. So this is a this is a Hallmark Hall of Fame. It's called Foxfire. Uh-huh. It's really good. It makes me freaking square mouth cry every time. Wow. But that was the first time I ever saw someone put coins on a deceased person's eyes. Oh, ugh. That's a very tear Ooh. I gotta stop thinking about it. <laughs> Don't think about it, Kara. It's, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it made me tear up. I gotta stop okay. thinking about it. All right. Baseball. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher naked on a cold day. Oh my gosh. Oh. What? This is making me cry. <laughs> That's from Austin Powers, oh. I think. He was trying not to become aroused. Oh, gosh. It totally made my eyes tear up. I'm crying. And you got the mouth thing going. Yes. And I was like, oh, no. When's the mouth thing going? <laughs> That's all I have to do is think about that movie. Okay, It don't. is a tearjerker. Stop, stop oh. thinking about it. Lordy. Okay. Move well, on. I know. I know what we could talk about. What? Royal Flying Doctor oh, Service. right. It's about these doctors in remote parts of Australia. Okay. And there are no hospitals or medical services close by some of these people. And so they fly out there. It's like basically they're EMTs, but it's an actual doctor and a nurse and a pilot for each crew. And they go out and they get calls, you know, like ambulance calls, like 911 calls. And they go out there and they treat people. And, and this then, is on PBS? Yeah. And then they fly them to bigger places like Adelaide or places that would have a hospital okay. Ooh, that right. they can go to. But, you know, you huh. have, you're, you're working on a farm out in the outback and you break your leg or whatever. It's yeah. a serious problem. So they go out there and they set the leg and they stabilize the patient and they put them on the plane and they fly them out oh wow it's a really great show i mean I, it's i may i'm making it sound like a reality show it's not it's fiction yeah yeah but it's really good and there mm. are times where i have to look away because they they really get down in there oh interesting with the special effects and the blood and the things <laughs> putting <laughs> putting fingers in places that you know and um <laughs> but that's that Stephen peacock guy that I showed you a picture of who is the young Australian Hugh Grant. Yes, yes, yes. My gosh, you guys. It's weird. He is Hugh Grant. When I looked at it, like glanced at it the first time, I thought it was a young picture of Hugh Grant. Yeah. It was weird. It's a young, more muscular, less awkward, less snaggletoothy Hugh Grant. He's like if Hugh Grant was refined to perfection. He's a superior Hugh Grant. He is a superior Hugh Grant. And he is so adorable. He's so cute. And he, oh my gosh, I love him on that show. Okay, I'm, I'm going to check this show out. I am in. It's fun. Okay. It's like ER in the bush oh, on planes. Oh my God, I love ER. That's all I had to say. Uh, I knew I, it. Yep. I knew it. Oh my God, I'm going to think about Dr. Green. <laughs> I'm just joking. Oh my gosh. I was just joking. Okay. What's your next search? My next search is, what is the mascot for the Cleveland Browns? <gasps> Are you ready? Do you know the answer to this? Am I about to bore you with facts? Why do I think I know the answer to this? Because you're just a football kind of gal. I do know the answer. When you say it, yep, I'm, I'm going to kick myself. Here it is. Brownie the elf. Nope. Oh. 
good. I'm okay. glad. It's not something I've forgotten. So Brownie the Elf got painted on the field this year. Get the F out. Um, and some people didn't really care for it, but some people did. Because some people were like, what the hell is that? Exactly. They didn't even know. He's not a new creation. His origins go way back. It debuted with the team's first season in the old All-American Football Conference, AAFC, in 1946. Team owner Arthur McBride named the team after its coach, Paul Brown. Uh But they needed a mascot. And so Brownie the Elf comes from Scottish folklore. And these elves are described as cantankerous and mischievous spirits with elf-like features who come out at night to do chores around the house (laughs) and who invented the chocolate sweet treat we now know as brownies. What? Now, this is, this. I love this character, okay? (laughs) I I love that this exists or is a thing, but it's not a football mascot. Football was very different in 1946. (laughs) Was it? Football, they were... Concerned with mischievousness and cantankerousness. Okay, that part, okay. (laughs) But. And then they ate brownies after the game. But the house, (laughs) the house chores and the brownies. I don't know. Then it kind of veers off into. Like, hmm? Huh? So according to Barry Shuck of dogsbynature.com, the first iteration of the logo was inspired by a Sears and Roebuck advertisement. Another version of Brownie the Elf, which is more familiar, is the one where he's running with a football. And it first appeared as an ad and a program promoting the Browns' inaugural game against the Miami Seahawks in huh. September of 1946. This is so different. It's so weird. So the Browns have never had a logo on their helmet. Correct. But Brownie the Elf is officially the team mascot. Well, they would be made fun of. Absolutely, they would. If they had an elf on their helmet. Absolutely, they would. So, (laughs) things changed a little bit when the team was bought by Art Modell in the early 60s. And one of his first decisions was to get rid of the elf. Oh, Art. However... Brownie's return to prominence began in the late 1990s, and it was appearing on a popular jacket that people were wearing. And during this time, the Browns had been moved to Baltimore. So while Cleveland was without a football team, Mm -hmm. this jacket just like appeared out of nowhere with Brownie the Elf on it. In Cleveland? In Cleveland. They missed him. Aww. So... When the team returned to Cleveland in 1999, the new owners, the Lerner family, embraced the character, using it occasionally on some merchandise. And in 2006, Brownie the Elf was used on a training camp patch commemorating the team's 60th anniversary. He's been a fixture on the sidelines, the angry version of the character, and the one that's now painted on the 50-yard line emerged in 1918 as the logo for the training camp. The real resurgence in popularity can be attributed to the head coach, Kevin Stefanski. In 2020, 
the only season the team had won a playoff game in 27 years. Yeah. <laughs> Stefanski began wearing a hoodie featuring the running stiff-armed elf. It quickly became one of the most popular and sought-after items in the team shop. That does sound cool. I mean, the angry one. The angry one, yes. Yeah. I just don't remember ever seeing it. Me neither. I can't neither. picture it, and I, I don't remember ever seeing the mascot on the sidelines. Nothing. Mm-mm. So anyway, that's that's that. So Brownie the Elf is their mascot, and they're called the Browns because of the first coach yes. of the team in 1946. My sources were Cleveland.com, Case Western Reserve University, and ClevelandBrowns.com. Okay. My last search. Let's hear it. Waltzing Matilda meaning slash lyrics. Yes. This is also prompted by the show. Royal okay. Flying Doctor Service. Okay. Okay. Um, my source for the last one about the indigenous people was Special Broadcasting Service in Australia, by the way. In RFDS, one character tells Superior Hugh Grant, <laughs> you look like waltzing Matilda, which is obviously not a compliment. The way he says it, you know, he's dissing this guy, even though the character is hot, hot, hot. Even when he's supposed to be looking rough. You know what I mean. So anyway, I was like, what does that mean? You look like Waltzing Matilda. So here we go. It references a song by that name. And it's Australian slang for traveling on foot, waltzing, with one's belonging in a Matilda, which is like a a pack on your back. Oh. Huh. Waltzing Matilda is a song developed in the Australian style of poetry and folk music called a bush ballad, (laughs) which (laughs) sounds like something different. Okay. Um, But we know that the Australian bush, come on, everybody, get Get, your head out of the gutter. Be serious. Okay. It's been described as the country's unofficial national anthem. Uh, Waltzing Matilda? Yes. Oh. Unofficial. Okay. And it's been used in many ad jingles, and there are about a billion versions of it. So here are the lyrics of the most commonly sung first verse and chorus. Once a jolly swagman camped by a billabong under the shade of a coolabah tree. (laughs) And he sang as he watched and waited till his billy boiled. You'll come a waltzing Matilda with me. Waltzing Matilda, waltzing Matilda, you'll come a waltzing Matilda with me. And he sang as he watched and waited till his billy boiled, you'll come a waltzing Matilda with me. Billy is Billy T. Thank you. It's a brand of tea. He's not boiling a person named Billy. And so it was used in ad jingles for Billy T. Okay. Okay. So in other words, um, this dude was saying his friend looked like a hobo. (laughs) Basically. Okay. Because a jolly swag man is a traveling laborer. Okay. Hmm. What's a billabong? Um, oh, shit. I don't know. Okay, that's all right. Um, I'll search that for next week. by a billabong. It's got to be a... Like a stream or a lake or I think it's a water something. I'm looking it up right now. Australian listeners, if you're out there, we're sorry. A billabong is an Australian term for an oxbow lake. There we go. A billabong is also a brand of clothing, I guess, too. Okay, um, I'm going to try to play this song. I'm so excited. Under the 
shade on the coolabout tree. He sang as he watched and waited till his billy boiled. Oh, come on, won't sing Matilda with me. Oh, won't sing Matilda, Matilda, me darling. Oh, come on, won't sing Matilda with me. Oh, won't sing Matilda, leading a water bag. Oh, come on, won't sing Matilda with me. Well, that's a fun song. Isn't it catchy? That was the Franklin B. Poverty Bush Band. Okay. I want to give them credit Absolutely. for that because it was great. I fun. love it. So he was saying to his friend, you you look like um, someone who's wandered <laughs> out of the bush and you're living rough and um, drinking your billy tea <laughs> by a billabong. But anytime you watch an Australian or an English show, you just learn so many different things because not all English is the same. Yeah, their vernacular is a little different. Yeah, we have such different terms and slang and all that good stuff. All right. My last search is how old was William when Princess Diana died? Oh, gosh. So I'm watching the last season of The Crown. There are no spoilers here. Okay, good. But I am going to describe something in the show that's really confused me and the reason why I searched this. Okay. Episodes one through four, they came out a couple weeks ago, and I gobbled those up like candy. Last week, the rest of the season came out, so the whole season's available now, and I watched an episode, episode five last night. Episode five is supposedly only a short time after Diana's death. It's the aftermath. Episode four, the Harry and William characters were different actors, Mm. and I can't figure out why... If we're just a short time later, like months, according to the plot line of the show, why we would have older actors. In episode four, Harry looks appropriate. He's supposed to be 12, and he looks like the appropriate age. Harry, months later, supposedly, he looks like he's about five years older. It is so jarring that I thought the Harry character was a friend of William's at school. I I couldn't figure out for the first few minutes that that was actually supposed to be Harry because he looks about 17. Oh, no. It's weird. I don't understand it. So I searched, and I mean, there are so many other people so that have gone looks... online and said the exact same thing. Like, what the hell? Yeah. They just, they just screwed up. It's weird. I'll be interested to hear your opinion when you watch this. They were probably just like, this is the break in the season. This is the watershed. So after after the break in the season, it's going to be this actor playing Harry. But they didn't take into account that it's, his age it's in really the timeline weird. of the story would not be any different. I've only watched episode five. I did not move on. So maybe that will resolve itself somehow. Like maybe it will become clear why they did that. But I don't get it because they keep talking about how William probably shouldn't have gone back to school so soon after Diana's death. I don't know. I can't figure it out. They've got Harry drinking champagne and he's like acting all like, oh, yeah, this is so strange. And people, the relatives or everyone's here. I mean, he's sneaking champagne to William. Which that kind of fits with Harry. Right. At but 12. Not tw- but he wouldn't look 17. Yes. And they are two years apart. No, three years apart. William was 15 when Diana died and Harry was 12. So anyway, I'm not spoiling anything there. This is history. It's history. (laughs) 
Everyone knows what we, happened. We know. Okay. My sources were IMDb and the people who agree with me on Reddit. <laughs> I like the people who agree with me on Reddit. That's Reddit. A great source. Reddit is such a weird It is place. weird. But it you is. can get some good information there. You just have to make sure that you verify it in it's other places. Strange. Okay. But... What about this one? Here's a quick listing of our other searches from the past week that we didn't have time to discuss in this episode, but we'll possibly cover in a future bonus episode. Mm -hmm. Here we go. I have a lot. Chiefs injury updates. Pacheco's back. Number two, City Confidential full episodes. (laughs) Number three, First Watch. Number four, safest way to change light fixture on a high ceiling above stairwell. That is an important search. By a lamp. <laughs> 21,000 krona to US dollars. Krona to dollars. Krona. Conversion. Vanity Fair Confidential. Another true crime show. Oh. Collector Green County. It's tax time. Oh, favorite time of year. Yeah. Addictive nose spray saline. <laughs> I have winter nostrils and I need something, mm-hmm. but I don't want to get addicted to it. Winter. I'm going to put that on the t-shirt for you. I have winter nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have so many t-shirts from you. <laughs> Procedure breaking infant's clavicle for childbirth. Netflix true crime shows. <laughs> Spirited. Harrison Butker family. Karen, I found out some not so savory things mm-hmm. about Mr. Handsome Harry yep. Kicker. No longer attractive. <laughs> But he still kicks real good. He is a good kicker. Long leg. All right. Big leg. Big leg Harry. (laughs) What are your... But what about this one searches? All right. In the same vein as football, Joe Flacco. Oh, my gosh. Timeless TV show. I had to look this up because I had no idea. I still don't know what it is. Never saw it in my life. Oh, my gosh. Watch it. April 24, National Pigs in a Blanket Day. That's my dad's birthday. I discovered at Christmas time that my dad's birthday is National Pigs in a Blanket Day, and he loves pigs in a blanket. And he, in fact, texted me and said, are you going to be bringing hogs in comforters? (laughs) Your dad. He's so dorky. Dad jokes. You're going to be bringing hogs in comforters Mm -hmm. for Christmas. And I hadn't planned on it, but, you know. You did, because it's your dad. dad. So I took hogs and comforters, and I told Mm -hmm. him, your birthday is National Pigs and Blanket Day, so I'm going to give him some for his birthday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I searched Warhammer Store. That's it. Um, Do you have any listener shout-outs? I have no listener shout-outs. I do. (gasps) Oh! Because Alex J. emailed us. Her husband, Ethan's amusing search list. Oh, yes. He was willing to share it with her who shared it with us. Ethan, thank you. And it is funny. Okay, let's hear it. Now, the parentheticals at the end of some of these are her comments. Oh, okay. Which makes it even funnier. Excellent. Okay, number one, what animal is goofy? Number two, how many people fit in the Grand Ole Opry? Number three, (laughs) what are those jet trails called? (laughs) Do you know the answer to that one? Um, contrails. Mm-hmm. Contrails. Some people call them chemtrails because they think they're loaded with chemicals that are poisoning us. Oh, I was going to say, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, contrails. Okay. Symptoms of food poisoning from scallops. Uh-oh. Oh. Can I still be drafted? 
Uh oh. Oh. Who is Uller? U L L R. Mike Wazowski. Now, this is Alex's comment. Time six. Apparently, he searched this six times in a day. Someone has a man crush, maybe. <laughs> oh, this is so great. How to open eyeliner pencil. What? Mm-hmm. Maybe you want some guy liner. <laughs> what are the working conditions in Penang? Oh. What does a Freon leak smell like? Oh. When do kids become easier? Oh, oh. <laughs> I have some bad news for Ethan. That is hilarious. I got some real bad news for you, buddy. <laughs> they never get easier. No. It just gets different. <laughs> <laughs> it just stays hard in different ways. That's, that search is uh, the best one. It's so sad. It does make me. It, oh. it makes me sad. That sounds like Ethan was having a bad day. Yeah. Or he just was a like, hard day. He was like, you know what? Maybe I'd rather go to Penang. What are the working conditions there? <laughs> what are the there? working conditions there? Is that book exchange thing a pyramid scheme? 90s fish shampoo bottle. Okay. Biden's cake. Biden's cake? Mm. Is herp a word? <laughs> Here we go. This is Alex's. The answer is no. It's a thing Ethan's family says, meaning like a sip of a drink. I think just alcoholic, but they say it like, take a herp of it. Like shookums. Yes. It's a made up word. I think I'm going to adopt herp. I like herp. Mm -hmm. Take a, say it again. Use that sentence. Take a herp of it. Take Take a a herp herp of this. Wonder where Ethan's from. That sounds like a northern. Uh, it's there. oh, they live in Green Bay though, yeah, don't they? They live in Wisconsin. Nailed it. Do the Charmin Bears have names? <laughs> All right, we they maybe do. Ethan maybe should be a part of this show. Maybe. Uh, what are the names? Uh, she didn't say. They just she just said <gasps> they do. Okay. So there are lots of searches on here on this list that I think I will be adopting this coming week. Okay. I might I have to look it. up some of these. I think you should. I think that's great. Because, the, you know. Those are great searches. My life is kind of boring. Yeah, what's Ethan doing all day long? He's trying to open eyeliner pencils. <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out if kids are going to get easier. <laughs> so I saw an enamel pin. Speaking mm-hmm. of Green Bay folks and herps, I saw an enamel pin that was the shape of the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. And it said, coffee till cocktails. Yeah. Is this, this is the first time I've ever heard that? Is that, that a thing? That makes sense to me, knowing what I know of okay. Green Bay people, knowing how many Green Bay people I do know. Yes, you drink coffee until it gets to the beer hour. Holy cow. And then you drink beer. So you're going up and then you're going down. Yeah, yeah. Lordy. That's how you sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Okay, coffee mm-hmm. till cocktails. What should people do if they want to rate and review us? If they want to rate and review us, all they have to do is find us on their favorite podcast platform. Mm-hmm. Click these stars. Choose five of them if you want to. I'm mean, just saying. And then, you know, just give us a little review about how you feel about us, why you like us. Well, you know what? You can even say you don't like us. Yeah. We'll, we'll take anything. You know, even if you want to trash talk us, go for it. Just yeah, be we'll, specific. Yeah. Details. Yeah, be specific about why you don't like it so that people who do like those things can be like, I'm, I'm in. They could also email us like uh, 
Alex did. Oh my gosh. We love it. Delete this history podcast at gmail.com. It's the highlight of our week. You can join us on the socials at DTH gals or delete this history on Facebook. Yuppers. Participation is a big part of your grade. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they used to tell us, right? That's right. (laughs) Oh man. You know what? I think maybe I'm going to go delete my history now. I shall too. So I have a clean slate for the new year. Yep. Stay fresh cheese bags. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Delete This History is created, written, hosted, produced, and edited by Bria Brown and Kara Birch. Theme music is so good by Orcas. Email us at deletethishistorypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and threads at DTHGals and Facebook at Delete This History. Copyright 2024. All rights reserved. Joie de vivre provided by Long Holiday Weekends. And alcohol. 